That game was nuts. Coming up, we break down game number three. First one back at the Barclays Center for the Brooklyn Nets. And my goodness, within millimeters, in and out, everything so close, literally and figuratively, to being a much more interesting series going forward. We talk about the Brooklyn Nets loss coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets. Every single day over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie. He's the owner-operator of DFSR for all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's got you covered. I'm Adam Armbrecht breaking down the New York Football Giants on the One Giant podcast and the now 0-2 in the playoff New Jersey Devils on the Devils Puck Luck podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're free on all those great platforms. And Doug, I've got an ulcer. How about you? Oh, this one stings, man. This was a this was a rough one. I really thought the Nets had this. It really looked like it was going to be there. I mean, they make a crazy second half comeback and come out really out of the gates in a game that looked like they were probably all but dead. And then you really start believing late in the game that it's going to happen. Um, and then they were just able to, you know, wrestle defeat from the jaws of victory because they uh we'll talk about so you know some of the stuff that went on here but you can kind of hear it in my voice I, like from a from an emotional level this one was pretty draining like i thought there was going to be a chance to get back in the series they give philly a punch it you know make them sweat a little bit i don't think they would have won the series but um you know get I mean, out you know maybe- i'll tell you right now man like maybe they wouldn't have whatever but like there's so much about this game the physicality of Philadelphia and saying like, boy, they're so much bigger than the Nets. But like Nicholas Claxton is going toe to toe with Joel Embiid. And and even beyond that, you see Joel Embiid and his ankle is laboring. You have James Harden kind of struggling here. Like I, we're, I know we're going to get into the, some the late specific sequences here, but it is the emotional reaction is like gut check time. Game three, first one at home. And it looked like the Nets were, were capable and did go toe to toe specifically in the second half. Because by the end of the first half, you thought you did everything you, you know, physically and emotionally, and it was your biggest deficit at, at half so far this series. And then you do come out in the third quarter and you do flip the three point shooting script after only having 12 in the first half. Like I just, dude, I really thought that they were going to get this one. There's a lot of foul discussions to have here. <laughs> there, there's yeah, there's plenty of things to break down here, but nothing more um, deflating than the late game sequences some triples that look like they were all but in, and then the big one for Maxi. And, and frankly, I, I can now think about it logically, but that is a heartbreaking inbounds pass between Royce O'Neal and Mikhail Bridges that in some ways sums up what this team is still missing, time to play together. Yeah, so, and it's funny too, because it, it really stinks when games that are especially are pretty hard fought go down to like these sort of mistakes at the end too, which is the other part that like ends up being a really deflating issue because this game, I mean, it wasn't the cleanest game of all time. I mean, far from it. This game was kind of just like on drugs for a while. Like there was a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. that was just, uh, that was just a, a completely off the rails in this game. But like for a game like that, that's kind of just like end to end 
two teams are trading punches, even if it doesn't look really that pretty. There's clearly a lot of emotions in this game. I mean, yeah. these guys were really amped. These guys were really, really amped up. It's like, you know, you know, shown through through some of the physicality. Yeah. And so to have the game end on a whimper, I mean, well, it didn't end on a whimper for the for Philly, but like that for the for the to end on a whimper like that does it's 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 rough because I don't think that like encapsulated what this game was. This was a really exciting game. I mean, I was I don't get too emotionally invested here, and I was my heart was beating like pretty hard because I I just it, it was a full on playoff atmosphere atmosphere. Yeah. So for it to to end like that and to to go down three zero, which is probably just you know the no hopes sequence of the, of the series yeah it, it ends up being a real bummer but i do have to give it to uh brooklyn I, I do think you know that aside they threw a pretty good punch here like this was a team that is we know is outmanned out talented outsized really out everything to, in this series to philly and i thought that effort wise you really couldn't have asked anything more on that end i don't think no. like i think no. i think this was like a full max effort game I'll go through all the specifics of it later, but like, I don't know. I, I It's hard to be too upset with the actual team. You're just really upset with the outcome. Yeah. 102.97 is the final. And I, I think you encapsulated it correctly there. Like, you know, a lot of times we were saying this before we started, like I, I always have a sense of kind of where the box score is throughout the course of a game. And, and those things can matter. And I know when guys are just, eye test tells me they're having bad shooting performances, but this was a game where I didn't care that there are plenty of guys that did not perform to their stat lines or did not, you know, check the boxes that they needed to in this game because to, to what you said, it was like, but they were all playing with that level of emotion, that level of, I know, cliche words, heart. Like, there's something to be said for a team that clearly is going to struggle to get a game or maybe two off of the Philadelphia 76ers and coming out and kind of saying, maybe we'll just beat you on raw emotion. Like, maybe we'll just beat you on it because we really want one of these games more than you do. And they narrowly accomplished that in spite of the deficiencies that we know they have relative to the matchup. Yeah, and that's that's where it really stings the most, right, is because you did feel like they felt like they had this. They had the, they had Philly on the ropes. They, and by the way, they, they did not have the ropes the whole game. I mean, they were losing pretty handily at halftime and in a game that looked Down like 11. it really yeah. – it really could go sideways. Like I, I, that was my feeling going out of halftime. I was like, Oof, this, this might not take much for this game to go really downhill and to throw and to like come out with really such energy to really close the entire gap and then stay there for the rest of the time. That's the part where you really start believing. And when you are sort of examining this team, and I think when you're examining this playoff series on a high level, the, there has to be an understanding that like, there's really no, functional world where they were going to win this series. I think everyone knows this, like it would have been one of the greatest upsets of all time. If they were one, just based on like Vegas betting odds going into the beginning of the series. So I don't think that's even the expectation, but when you get to the series and you get this close, even with the understanding that this team is not going to go to the finals, right. Or like maybe even make it to the second round. There's still a part of you that wants to see it through because one, it's just more fun to watch basketball Two, It's one of these things like you wouldn't mind, figuratively bloodying up the Sixers a little bit on their way here, <laughs> like out of, out of the first round. And I think that's what this game was so close to representing until at the very end, it just wasn't. And if the Nets had won this game, I'd be on full tilt 
heading into Saturday, 1 p.m., because whatever you think the Nets are capable of doing in this series, you're one win away from tying it, right? And you just mentioned it there about you start to play this team physically, and you thought if you stole this game, you could start to dream on, hey, there's some wear and tear getting put on key figures for the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Nets were able to come out of some of those skirmishes clean. (laughs) Nick Claxton's case, narrowly avoiding some serious complications. So that, in theory would at least have carried over this momentum a little bit. Coming up here in a second, we'll get into some of the stat lines here. I think there was obviously not, there was a different tactic taken by Jock Vaughn and the Brooklyn Nets on the offensive end specifically here. We'll get into that and also into these fouls. And man, I won't take anything away from Joel Embiid being an MVP level player. But boy, does that dude fall like a sack of potatoes when the wind blows. We'll get into that next. All right, before we do that, going to talk to you about Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week, brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Ari. I got a couple of candidates here for the Nissan Player of the Week. We could go Nick Claxton, plus 13 in this game in 28 minutes, was 18-4-2, and two, and absolutely taken it to Embiid. You like the fierce elegance in that one. I'm also going to throw in Mikhail Bridges, just because, yeah, 9-26 for 26 from the field. This was also a guy picking up James Harden and Tyrese Maxey nearly full court for the entire game and getting the most shots up for the Nets. That's what you like to see. Brilliantly fierce, fiercely elegant, suddenly powerful, elegantly powerful. 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria the EV for people who love to drive shop now at NissanUSA.com okay so the Nets do lose this game and it's another opportunity to (laughs) shoot (laughs) hold on now whoa come on (laughs) um but this is another game where I look at Nicholas Claxton and I go, my goodness, I, I have to stop saying, well, he's, he is undersized, though. He is thin because he physically was going toe-to-toe with Joel Embiid. And, and I'm not going to belabor this around Joel and what I do feel like. And every superstar does this. And you prefer to have a guy that's, that is, is as good as he is that also maybe does some of this. But that's some weak stuff throughout this game. And I'm not even going to get specifically to what went on underneath the basket and what I... The idea, first of all, he's a flopping all over the place. So that's a disaster. Royce O'Neal like puts his, his elbow to his, you know, rib. And I don't mean with force. He just extends his arm out and he throws himself down. And guess what? Good for Brooklyn for playing him physically. And he ended up hurting himself more by throwing himself around than anything the Nets did to him. But that sequence underneath the basket, when he goes down and Nicholas Claxton, he ended up getting ejected because he was doing some of the taunting. He was willing to do that. But he effectively steps over him. Joel Embiid tries to punt his groin through the Barclays Center into the parking lot. I could, I cannot imagine the world where it's like, yeah, but he didn't catch you. He didn't catch you full. So guess what? It's going to be a tech, flagrant one. Let's keep playing. There were some sequences in that regard from a refereeing perspective that it's a physical game. But if that had happened in the third quarter and James Harden ends up getting ejected for something far less egregious, if that had happened later in the game, I could have seen that being ejection. It's a really big moment inside of what was happening here because the Nets were frustrating the heck out of Embiid. And frankly, man, I'll go the extra step here. Embiid finishes this game 38 minutes, 5 of 13. He comes in and out, has to go back to the locker room multiple times, clearly dealing with an ankle. He stepped down on Cam Johnson's foot at one point and then was struggling to keep himself up. 14 points. Somebody said this in the comments the last couple of days in our post games about how we've been complimenting the Nets of you've been holding, you've been, you know, 
containing Joel Embiid. And they scoffed at it with everything else. That was going. They did it again. They have played Joel Embiid incredibly well over these three games, which makes it even more infuriating that you haven't been able to get a win out of this. Yeah, so a lot there. I, I'll, I on the, on, on Feel the free to rein that in if you can, Doug. What's that? <laughs> Feel free to rein that in if you can. Yeah, so, okay, so for starters, with the Claxton thing, um, with his ejection, it's it's he's in a weird spot because one, he it was it's, it's a bonehead play, like it's boneheaded to be taunting right there. Yep. You're already on thin ice, like you just can't you just can't do it. Uh, on the on the other hand, I, I kind of get it because for him to be able to even live in this world with Embiid, like he has to be fully amped up, and like it's hard to just th- it's hard to toggle at uh, at correct times. And we already know Claxton's pretty emotional, dude. To begin yep. with. So on the one hand, it was completely brutal to lose him because he was playing really, really well. He was out there they're completely winning his minutes. Um, and for him to get tossed at that point really put them in just a pretty bad spot with the Embiid thing. On the flip side, where you're talking about with Embiid, it, it was tough to watch. I, I get why people like Embiid. He he's great. I get it. There are there are elements to the game which are a little head scratchy, which is like one. The, it was a clear kick up on Claxton. I, should it have been a flagrant two? It's pretty close. I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have done it, but I wouldn't have scoffed if they had done it. It's, it's yeah. a pretty close one. Um, and I'm totally with you. But he had multiple other plays that were like way more egregious. I, I like, you know, hip checks Claxton into the stands, sits yeah. on Cam Johnson's head. I know they got tangled up, but like he's also not avoiding situations like that at all. And so I, I don't know. I, it's it's really tough. I, I never I'm I'm really never a, an advocate for like chucking guys out of games because I, I actually don't like games that end like that. It's mm-hmm. it's way worse. Uh, um, I I'd rather just have everyone play, <laughs> right? And like and and there's these guys are high emotions. And I'm totally with you. Like the Embiid thing, uh, it's a little cringy. Uh, the it, it's on the ground. It's flopping like a fish. The guy's 300 pounds. Like he'll he should never fall <laughs> by what, by yeah, being. T- I mean. But like he should never fall. By, by maintaining contact. And finally, the last point of what you're saying, yeah, I'm with you on the, on the reining him in. I will say that's a little, it's a little skewed about how much they contained him because they made such an effort to like double team him in even in unnecessary situations that it did drive his overall numbers down. Yep. Um, but it made it really super simple for a lot of the other guys. I don't know. I'm, I'm going just as long here, but like, those are my most, those are most of my Embiid thoughts. It's like, it's hard to give him tons of credit. It's hard to take too much away. It's, it's, it was a real tough game to watch it, him not getting kicked out. I'm not going to cry about it, but I could have, yeah. it would, I, it would have made sense if it happened also. Let me put it this way. I'll, I'll put it into this and cause you kind of touched on it there. I would have preferred if nobody got kicked out because yeah. I would have preferred to see Nicholas Claxton going toe to toe with him down the stretch. Right. I would have liked to have seen how some of those sequences, a couple of rebound opportunities there late, and just having Claxton be a part of it. Claxton was clearly effective on the offensive end as Joel Embiid is being hampered by his ankles. So there, and, and Claxton was hitting his free throws. So even that could have been in the positive for the Brooklyn Nets as well. And then James Harden gets ejected as well. Fine. Keep everybody in the game. To your point, I'd rather just see the full-strength battle here, and that's what we got for so much of that. That second half there, go ahead. Well, Harden, Harden's thing was a total joke. I, look, I, no one, I, there's no love lost here for Harden. So, like, whatever. I, him getting kicked out for that was that was the most head scratching thing of all. I mean, do you think there was any world where he was getting kicked out for that? It didn't look like a super you know clean funny? play, but it didn't look dirty. I don't know. It was weird. No, in weird. the initial in the initial look of it, I thought like, oh man, he 
he went for the groin there, but then they showed the reverse yeah. angle. I was like, oh, he catches him like in the low rib. Like, I mean, you know, like in the stomach, he gets him in the stomach. So when he gets kicked out, that that's probably why I bring up the Joel Embiid situation. Because I'm like, well, that just feels like you're making up for what you what you could have or should have, you know, done possibly earlier in the game. That that was an odd one to me for sure. So it's not, I'm not going to be heavy handed about the things that impacted the Brooklyn Nets chances there. And that overall, by the way, is where I think the referees were just, you know, kind of scrambling to have some type of control over this game when clearly they maybe didn't take as much command early on as they could have. Before we do talk about some of the other things here, I will just note um, we can start to get in on the different mentality that the Brooklyn Nets brought to this game. They chose to be more physical. They chose to drive at the basket more. And in some ways it worked. In some ways it was effective. You got some guys into foul trouble, Joel Embiid specifically. Okay. But man, <laughs> to say they forgot to strike the balance to Jacques Vaughn's tenor, who said we want 53 pointers in this game. They had 12 in the first half. Then they come out in the, in the, in the third quarter, they take up 10, but they only finished the game with 30. So it's like there was a weird imbalance around how the Brooklyn Nets wanted to play this game on a possession-to-possession basis. And in some ways, you can make the case that's what was disruptive to what matters most. These opportunities late, these big shots where some guys who struggle don't make them. But it's, it's another example now three games in. You've tried several different approaches here, and maybe it's just the reality that the team you're playing is better and you're always fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, I think like again, like intensity wise, the Nets played like this was an elimination game. So I, yep. you can't fault that at all. Like I don't think that, and and they left it all out there. I mean, these guys played a million minutes. Uh, you know, Bridges played forty three, Cam played forty, Cam Johnson played forty four, Dimwitty played forty two, Claxton would have played a lot more before he got uh, tossed. Yep. You know, DFS was up to thirty six, and O'Neal was thirty. I mean, they played basically a five man rotation, um, and that's I kind of thought that was going to be the case. I, I kind of projected Mikhail to play to play 43 to 44 minutes in this game just because I was like, they're going to play this one like they have to win. Uh, and that's what they did. I agree with most of that. I don't think I would have made any other changes. I do credit them a little bit for the energy here, um, but you really, it's it's a hard one to credit because you should bring all the energy if like you're trying to win the game. Um, <laughs> right. Strategically, I'm with you. Like, I don't think the moves here were, I, look, okay. How much can you fault anybody here the game was tied with no time to go. It was an, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I, someone's got to lose. <laughs> it, yeah. just, it happened to be the Nets in this case. It's hard to fault it too much when the game is this close in the end. And we'll talk, you know, some specifics of this other stuff here in a second. But I, I, I do, you know, you know, we're coming in post game here. We're recording right after the game. You know, it's an emo- this was an emotional game even to watch. So I think like formulating a full you know, top-down opinion of everything that happened here is a little tough in the moment, right? But for the most part, again, I have like one bone to pick with strategy, and that was just like the the, the mass doubling and tripling of a – really not tripling, the doubling of a bead like at the three-point line. I feel like that was kind of pointless. Um, that's my big bone to pick, but it, like rotationally, I can't – rotationally and energy-wise, I, I don't really have any – I think what they did was mostly correct. So coming up here in a second, we'll we'll talk about some a couple additional key sequences in this game, individual matchups beyond Joel Embiid and Nicholas Claxton, and, and frankly, what maybe came down to needing Mikael Bridges to have a Mikael Bridges type game and him not quite getting there. Not his fault, but that's the difference between the Nets being able to win this one as opposed to coming up short. 
All right, before we get to that, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you'll be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage. That's the eBay My Garage, not my own garage. And look for the green check to know the part will fill or your money back just because, uh, or excuse me, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, so you know you, you talk about those matchups, and I mentioned Mikhail Bridges there. This yeah. is it's there's almost an irony to the fact that he goes four of seven from downtown, the area that he hadn't been able to connect on with consistency in the first two games, but he ends up doubling up the next closest shooters in Dinwiddie and Cam Johnson, who each had twelve attempts respectively from the field, twenty six shot attempts, nine of 26, 26 points coming into this game. I said you need. Bridges, Dinwiddie, and Johnson to combine for 70 points and then have guy, the other guys contribute what they normally do and you can get across the line on victory here. They, I, I was pleasantly surprised by the time you end up looking at it that Spencer Dinwiddie got there. We mentioned driving the lane, getting the basket, got to the foul line 10 times, knocked down eight of them. Now he misses a crucial one in the late sequences here, going one of two when he does get to the line on the Joel Embiid foul, a uh, P.J. Tucker foul, excuse me. But he gave you 20 points. Cam Johnson goes six to 12 from the field, 17 points, but like you needed a 35 point game out of Mikhail Bridges. I'm not knocking him for it. It's just, that's what you need when you, when you yeah. want to win a game like this. Yeah, it was just tough, man. Cause I'm never going to fall bridges here. I, like the guy I mentioned it at the part when we were talking about the, about the Nissan read, like he, he picked up Harden. Like, I mean, they weren't like crazy, like college basketball full court, but he started that. He started that pick, yeah. picking him up like three quarters court, at least on a soft on a on a, on a soft press, uh, and did the same for Maxi when Harden was was out of the game. Like, there's almost no player in the league that is going to take has the highest usage on the team and also do that kind of stuff defensively. It just doesn't happen. Like these yeah. guys just don't do it. Um, and so even from that angle, playing th- that many minutes and just doing that on both ends, it deserves an incredible just a pat on the back. Like it, he, yeah, he wasn't efficient. It was just a non efficient game. It's like doesn't make. There's no judgments here about like him as a player. He, I think he's been great. They mm-hmm. needed they needed him to be 10 percent more efficient, and they win the game. Like he took a few four shots over the Embiid uh, drop. I'm just fine with those. Like I just think in general. I, there's I, there's like there's nothing really to say about him like in terms of like negativity in what you're saying as a whole for those three guys look scoring has been a real real challenge for this team it's been they the only times they were able to really score with consistent here consistency here was when they were able to get out in transition when they were able to get cross matches coming the other way and push the pace other than that half court was just it was it was too tough for them um and it's been like that the whole series and it was really unlikely to change they the reason they got back into the game in the second half is because they pushed they pushed the pace they pushed the pace they pushed the tempo they were able to force some turnovers and they were able to get into the philly d before the philly d was able to set the second the philly d was able to set it was just kind of over like they had no chance um and that's kind of to me the story of just like the overall overall offense the uh you know (laughs) we look inside the numbers Nicholas Claxton is the only guy with a positive plus minus in this game. Eight and nine from the field. We know everything that he was accomplishing with his 18 points. Him, though, 
And also Joe Harris, just the second back-to-back games for Joey, plus one on a four-minute spurt over three from the field, over three from downtown. I I, just, can I say, uh, sorry, can I say one thing about Harris here? And it's like, we'll never talk about a guy that plays only four minutes because like, yeah, whatever. Just, yeah. And I know Nets fans out there, like, just can't stand the guy and pl- yeah. come playoff time. I, whatever. It, it is what it is. There will There was a chance here in this game. He took three open threes. And it would have just absolutely bought, brought Barclays to the ground. Like, because it was right in that run. It was right in that time. It happens. Threes are it's just a streaky by nature. And you're going to you're gonna miss more of them than you make, right? That's just the nature of the shot. And if there was ever a time for this guy to dust off a little bit of, like, what people have come to. And they even said it on the national broadcast, which I couldn't believe. But, like, um, they, this was the time. It was like if he hits just two of those, that place comes crashing down. Philly would have buckled like they, yeah. cause they had it and they just, they didn't go out. And there's a couple other ones that Nets had. There was a, a cam, a cam Johnson in and out. That was all the way down a DFS one. That was all the way down. There was a few of these, but that Harris one, those, those, those ones stunk. It, it would, you know, it's funny because it, it, it that was, it was strategic from Jock Vaughn. Joe Harris was not playing in this game, no. but he saw Jock Vaughn and laying by the way, and to your point, just in terms of the supporting cast, right? O'Neal, one of five. Uh, Cam Thomas, he was 0 of 2 on his attempts as well. So nobody else is getting there for you, you know, in terms of having somebody off the bench be quality. Jock Vaughn picked the spot to say, like, here, here is your moment. They're going to be there for you because they're, they're the yeah. last guy that they're concerned about. And like you said, if those go down, man, it's just it would have been a really nice moment for Joe. And we don't need to go belabor it, but th- that – that does kind of also tie up the the emotions of this game because every single possession that second half felt like it was ratcheted up to the level of these are make or break moments for this game, for this for this possession, for this guy's career, for this, you know, like everything was dialed up to a thousand on there. Do we want to? Uh, you can tell me how you want to close this out in terms of uh, we talked about it leading into this one that, that Cam Thomas should play. Uh, he did play for, you know, a couple of minutes there. 11 and minutes, got- yeah. He got to the mid-range on 11 minutes, three of six from the field, said 0 of two uh, from downtown, six points. Uh, the, the plus minus doesn't matter. We, we know it, it's not a big deal there. I do think that we kind of got exactly the sample that you and I have discussed about the good and the bad. Yep, he can take the ball in his hands and he can get you a bucket. He also gave you possessions where he ISOed that thing down until there was no time left. He came in, and this is jitters and nerves for sure, two instant turnovers, like, I, I don't know how you come out of that and feel like, ah, Cam Thomas could have been the answer in this game or that he would have brought something different. I think you played these tight rotations because these are the guys that you think can get you across this line here. And everybody else, Joe Harris, Cam Thomas, and anyone off the bench included, you know, you, it's a coin flip whether or not they're going to have an impact, if at all. Yeah, I'm glad he played. Um, I'm glad they yeah, did. Uh, yeah. I'm glad they. I'm glad that he got out there. He got extended run. He played the second most bench minutes of anybody. Uh, you know, it's not saying much. It's like really no one played outside of Royce. But um, I thought it didn't look amazing. But the thing is, like, what is he going to do? He guys barely played for weeks. Yep. So it's like yeah, it's not really hard on. to. Ex- it's really hard to expect someone, especially with the way what his game's predicated on, to come in and just cook after having not played for a really really long time uh, in like meaningful minutes. Um, I have nothing great to say. I thought it was just like basically what you expect. Like he's, you know, that's what he wants to do. So he jacked up a couple weird shots and the shot clock. Like he did look, he looked pretty nice in the mid range. 
Um, they picked him off. They picked him out on defense a few times and made that, he made that pretty easy for Philly. And that's just what's going to happen with him. Um, I'm not surprised they went to Harris in the second rotation. I think they needed just floor spacing. And I think they needed, I think what they were going for in in that case with the Harris thing is my guess is instead of cam in the second half is like floor spacing and quick decisions. Like, yeah, you'll live with the, you'll live with the, the results, but I think they wanted, I think they wanted the decision-making to at least be quick. And like, that Harris will do that. Like he didn't make the shots. Um, so, you know, that's, that sucks. But um, I think like, I think what they wanted to do was like keep pace, Jack threes, no questions about it. And that was going to be it. Hey, I, I take umbrage with whether that's the correct strategy or not. I, I just think that's probably what they were doing, but yeah, I, I, I just to go back to the top, like, yep. I think you can still hear it in my voice. I, I do feel this was just a really big letdown. <laughs> like it was, I, 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 I don't let these losses stick too far with me because you know, it's basketball is basketball, but I mean, do you feel the same thing? I, I feel like, Oh, like this would have just been Thursday night. It's late. You're like, this would have been real nice talking about a W going into Saturday. Um, and knowing it was just so damn close to not pull it out sucks. And this is, that's kind of like the nature of where you are with playoff basketball at this point in the season. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. Uh, you know, um, uh, I'm dialing it up and firing different commentary shots across this entire podcast episode as a veiled attempt to cover up the fact that I'm just incredibly bummed out that they didn't win the game. Like you said, it you know it takes you sometimes a little bit longer to get emotionally invested in a game. I was emotionally invested when the you know, when the game started, and it only yeah. got dialed up from there. And and because like you look at these individual individual performances. You've got guys that it matters for Mikhail Bridges. He's the new leader of this team. So you, you want you want the win for him, right? You want it for Nicholas Claxton because he's coming into his own and taking on this absolutely Herculean task of defending and attacking Joel Embiid. Cam Johnson. I mean, even Spencer Dinwiddie coming back here and having two lackluster performances. And, you know, it, it, yeah, there's so many basketball-related, non-basketball narratives that are being built around this team as we approach the offseason that these games matter. And I, if I want to pull myself out a little bit here, because we won't be back in before the post game on Saturday. um, I will say when we entered this series, you and I, you and I agreed, I think rightfully that play this team hard, make them earn whatever it was going to be four game sweep, five games, six games. And they have done that. It turns out that that's not good enough now because they almost could have won this game and that would have felt a lot differently. But they have checked all the boxes that we said we wanted them to. It's just getting maybe that symbolic win that says, yes, you can play with these teams as you continue to grow and and, and add another piece potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still many guys away here. I, that's just like, that's just the nature of where they are talent wise. I think we knew that um, this has not changed my opinion on a macro level, really one way or the other. It's just that, um, you know, just as someone that roots for the nets, it's nice to watch the nets win. And when yep. it's close, you'd like to see them pull it out. And that's just, that's what it is. And, you know, maybe trip trip Philly up here a little bit on whatever run that they're, they're going to make. Although it's hard to feel it's weirdly like they're Philly's up three, three Oh, I guess we'll talk about this more. It's like, they're up three Oh in this thing. It's like, you don't feel so much more comfortable, confident about them. <laughs> I don't think like if, if you're pro stickers, all right, that yeah. may be a talk for a different day. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We'll hang around in YouTube here for a few. Got a bunch of people in there. Really appreciate everyone that jumped in uh, going hot and heavy here in the YouTube comments with a uh, pretty similar themes around some of the players here. I think um, if you have a question, 
put in at locked on nets. Keep it clean. We'll try to bring it up, answer some of the questions uh, as we uh, roll through YouTube live. If you are not subscribed to YouTube, make sure you go to uh, uh, youtube.com slash locked on nets. Always protect the McNuggets. That's Cheeseburger Eddie from the longest yard. Well, there you go. One of the all-time great poets. We will be back again uh, after Saturday's game uh, for that. And then in a second here as extra content on YouTube, talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.